I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and it's cold, unlovable bitches like us that make the world go round. And my name is Colin Drucker, and don't make me fight you. I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of those little aside humor, like... It's so perfect. That was like one of my big takeaways was like Michelle Yeoh yeah. has such good comedic timing. Like, yes, I. Oh, my God. What an absolute not even queen empress. What an empress. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. A new category. A new category. Yeah. Uh, and and on on such fabulous display. And of course, 2022's and potentially 2023's best picture winner. Everything everywhere. All at once. Oh my gosh. I feel like we were just, I just, I'm so proud of this movie in a way that it just, that it lasted this long, that the hype, because there was so much hype. It came out as the conversation we've had so many times that this movie would be forgotten. Like this movie's so good, but like, will it make it to Oscar season? And it has, and in such a beautiful, unexpected way maybe not unexpected but like i'm just so happy that it's arrived and it's being celebrated yeah i mean it's it's it it, it is a bit unlikely and i mean there's so many factors to it where it's like oh yeah this could have just been like the the quirky independent movie that came out in the, in the summer but like you know wasn't going to be considered you know for one reason or the other like the caliber of like best picture you know let alone Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor. I mean, like in every other nomination, it's, I love that in some ways it is actually like the biggest movie of the year. I agree. I think people are rediscovering it for the first time. This is my third time that I watched it. And I, it's like top 10 for me. Like the way that this movie affected me the first time and just like consequently like after that, like I just think it's like this magnum opus masterpiece of a movie that is so... Uh, it's like uh, there are unlimited adjectives to describe how beautiful this movie is. Just multiple universes full of adjectives. Yeah. Right. I mean, and it feels like it's, you know, it it's uh, of a moment. Like I feel like it's hitting a certain nerve or it's, there's something about it that feels singular. And I, I keep thinking, first, and it's very similar, but I keep thinking about eternal sunshine on the spotless mind, you know? And, sure. and that to me feels so of its time and feels so like, it was such a moment and, and and similar to this where like it was an unlikely success and was like a weird fucking movie. But there's so much humanity in it and there's so much sort of unlikely, you know, uh, you know, themes about, I don't know, about normal everyday life in this totally extraordinary movie. And and in some ways, I think everything everywhere all at once, it, it's like 
it took what Eternal Sunshine did and just blew it out of the stratosphere, you know? This will come as a shock to no one, but I have not seen Eternal Sunshine oh. Spotless Mind. I know. Well, that might actually, you might really enjoy that. I know. Especially I know. now. I know. It's, I mean, it's just the ongoing joke of I'm adding it to the list, but uh, I. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, maybe one of these days, you know. Yeah. Um, There's another universe out there where I've seen all the movies, but right. it's not this one. Not this one, folks. Yeah. Alpha Nick has seen everything. Yeah, Alpha <laughs> has seen everything. Yes, where I'm like 400 pounds and just watch all the movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, all the deep sure. cuts. Yeah. Yes, I have a blog, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you've got a WordPress, for God's sake. There it is, yes. But yeah, I, you know, uh, I had not watched this since I saw it in the theaters over the summer. And then, you know, we we had talked about doing women talking. And then I pulled the emergency break very late and was like, wait a minute, the Oscars are next week. I think we should, yeah. shouldn't we do, we should do this, right? And so women talking, we're absolutely going to do an episode on because you did watch it. I did watch it. I might even talk about it a little bit in the after show too, because the women in that movie are extraordinary. So I'm I'm excited to eventually do that episode. Yes. Yeah, that makes me so excited to just like. Yeah. It's like I had the inkling that it was great, but now like yeah. you are confirming it, so it's just like yes, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I I'm glad that we we squeezed this in before the Oscars. I feel like. We certainly could have done it after the Oscars, but it just feels special to kind of like celebrate this movie that I I absolutely want to win Best Picture. I like I hadn't considered it, but no, I want this movie to win Best Picture because I just want it. I want whatever that means. You know what I mean? The idea that like Best Picture of the Year represents something. Um, yes. Which is probably true some years more than others. You know, like when Green Book won, I don't know if that really represented well, anything, right? <laughs> Yeah, but then we got um, wins like Parasite and Coda. Yeah. And now, hopefully, this movie. Like, I just, it feels like such a shift for the good. I agree. Exactly. Like, it, 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 those, each of those movies feels like an unlikely winner. And I, I love that. It makes me feel, you know, some sense of hope uh, about movies. I, and granted, I am, a, I am just a little bit converted on the Marvel Universe because of, you know, uh, yes, because of my Queen Angela doing the thing. But I, um, I also feel like that unless someone educates us otherwise, that may be like our island in the world of the Marvel Universe is the like <laughs> the actress sexual movie. Yes. You know? Yeah. Just Wakanda forever. The Wakanda itself is the island. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if I need I don't know if I'm going to go to like the Quantumania Ant-Man world. I don't I don't don't think I'm going to get the same. Mine. Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd's not giving me mine. You know. <laughs> yeah. He's given us other stuff. Which yeah. We love. But um, not Angela. What what? movie is its competition is it like the fablemans or banshees of inishirin like i know there's there are quite a few but those are the two that come to my mind first well yeah and i feel like and and it, it feels like it's kind of it, it probably is nominated in some technical categories but i feel like the other one is like all is quiet on the western front oh yeah which i that one which yeah. looks like you know a, certainly a, a, a significant production but uh yeah i don't know i mean Let's see. Let's see who the other nominees are because, like, the Fablemans. I'm like, oh. Tar is nominated. Uh, Women Talking is nominated, which I was really glad to 
see and it's also nominated for best adapted screenplay this the, the mm. screenplay is beautiful oh and sarah polly so is just good. such a she's an empress oh as well God, yes yeah yeah she is i mean like i i definitely think we should do the movie away from her at some point which sarah polly wrote and directed and i will do anything that she oh wrote. away yes. from her the am- is that Julie Christie? Julie or did, Christie. I, did I make that? Yeah, up? Okay. yeah, and the and the guy who played her husband just passed away recently. Um, oh. But the the first time I saw that, and even the second time, it's one of those movies where I I I had to go into another room because I cried too much in the in one room. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I needed to like the ending. <laughs> too many tears in one. Yeah. Oh, like open mouth sobbing. Like it was just. Oh, I can't wait. Ugh. And then uh, uh, take this waltz with Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman. Also a beautiful movie. Um, but away from her also has. W- it, oh my God! There's a the the nurse in that. She has a scene that just like, oh, it's so. I totally I can't yeah. wait. So we got to put that on the actual I put it list. On the list. Actual, I a, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I have a note a note in my phone. I think we got some good ones on here. We have True Lies, Uncle Buck, Heartburn, Clock Watchers, Away from Her. Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh, my God. We do have a lot of great movies in the queue. And we talked about, like, Speed, maybe. Oh, yeah. Speed, yes. Like, what if over the summer we did, like, an action movie month? I think that would be great. We could add True Lies to that list. Mm -hmm. Keon, again, just... Unless we bump that up early. I mean, we made the promise. If Jamie Lee wins... I know, yeah. You know? But uh, there are other action. We could also do like a Kill Bill or two, really. Oh, that's an interesting The women in that are great. You're right. It's such a, like, it's a woman movie. Yeah, I'd say maybe maybe more so volume one than volume two. I don't know, but it's mm-hmm. pretty, I mean, we'll figure it out. Yeah. we the, the the fact that we just have oodles of options, you know? I know. And to revisit... um Uma Thurman again after mm-hmm. after Smash after Gave Smash a revisit yeah and hysterical blindness oh yeah yeah we love a bit of Uma uh, 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 yeah it's so exciting uh, the other uh, uh, worth mentioning as we talk about best picture is Avatar the Way of Water which you know has made just stupid amounts of money but it's just like best picture I mean I'm sure it's like technically amazing but there's just that sense of like. Isn't Best Picture supposed to be... I don't know. I haven't even seen Avatar Way of Water. I I can't even... I'm talking at my ass. I just don't want it to win, you know? Yeah, I can even... I feel like Wakanda Forever is better than Avatar, at least, like, the... the the meat of that movie like i i don't know and again i haven't seen it either so mm. you're right it just feels like why should a movie win best picture if everyone's seen it like and that's the only qualification that it's made a million bazillion dollars and it costs that much to make it and it's james cameron like yeah it has a pedigree but i don't know yeah what's well, like what if top gun maverick wins like what world are we in then like what i don't know what universe i mean i've heard in? it's really good there's like part of me that kind of wants to see it i don't know but I-, I get it yeah it's like i just feel like that was the nomination is the win as you like to say right right and i'm sure it's technically amazing and all of that but it's just you know uh what i love about everything ever all at once is it's technically amazing and it's full of like all the stuff i love it's full of actressing it's it's you know featuring two middle-aged women playing you know someone who's supposed to save multiple universes and someone who is you know potentially a super villain like i just that i just don't see very much i don't know yeah like you know all's quiet on the western hot dog handed 
lovers. Yeah. yeah. How often does that happen versus like, oh, a war movie? I really do think it checks all the boxes. There's love. There is action. There's queerness. There's, you know, mother-daughter dynamics. There's like uh, like immigrant family dynamics. It And visually, it's stunning. The script is great. It's funny. Yeah. It really gives you everything you could ever want from a movie like i i was watching it today and i was like god i wish i should is probably the better way to say that show this movie to my parents Mm. and just see what they think of it like i would love to just be like what do you think right like because there you have to have some sort of reaction even if you don't understand it it's still funny or you can latch onto something yeah like i it's the kind of thing where like you yeah, I for you and I and for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to love this. Like, there's sort of an obvious, like, yeah, of course we're going to love it. But, like, yeah, would my mom like this? I don't know. I mean, did I tell you how I, I recommended my parents watch The Banshees of Inishirin? And, like, my stepdad apparently was just, like, harumph about the whole sure, thing. Sure, yeah. And my mom admitted, she's like, no, I actually thought it was a good movie. But I guess he was – but what's so funny is, like, he probably was just triggered because he is, you know – he is one of these stubborn Irish men. Yeah, you're all feckin' boring. You're all feckin' boring <laughs> with your peddling grievances. You're all feckin' boring. <laughs> oh. oh, Carrie, Carrie. <laughs> Our Carrie. I mean, so that was the thing is like I sh- I wanted my parents to see it because I was like, my stepdad is Colum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And, you know, and my mother is Siobhan, you know, and it was just like... And so, of course, he hated it, you know? (laughs) Yep. Too much of a trigger. But that all, and like, and it's like an existential movie, this, like, there's so much to think about that, like, really, I don't know, when I left the theater and I was watching it, you just go through everything. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this time watching it, I, I felt like sort of mildly choked up through most of it. And then the the rock scene, I just burst into tears. I just oh, like oh, I love oh, I just like wept through that whole scene. And I remember watching that in the theaters, and just like it was such a beautiful moment of all of us sitting there in silence, like deep into this movie, like just experience. It was it was such a profound theater moment, and I like I see the value of seeing movies in theaters because that was so I don't know, it was just so meaningful. I think, and it the i think that's one of my favorite scenes in a movie is the rock scene and it's funny because it like maybe we talked about this on the after show because we did talk about this on the after show months ago but when i did ayahuasca in peru one of the one of the nights you know one of the more like profound experiences that i had and without going into all the details but it was like oh it's all this all this you know uh you know michigas and then I was laying there and it was like my understanding of myself and like my like read of it. I was like, I was a dish sitting on a table in somebody's house. Yes, that's right. And and, and I remember feeling like all I have to do is be a dish. I don't have to do anything. I'm just a dish. And it was the most calming, like serene feeling. It was so, I, I can still feel it now. And that's what the rock scene feels like to me is all we have to do is sit here. We don't have to do anything. There's no rules. But then she chose to move anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that scene when they're like, when she goes language and she's like, Oh, I'm just kidding. You know? Uh, yeah. And then they're like laughing. And I was like, this is just that scene touched something in me that was like so deep of like deep down. 
this is the piece we're all looking for. We just want to be rocks on a on a on a on a cliff, you know? Yes. Oh my god. Oh, but yeah, I, that just like oh my god, I was just like so I don't know why, just so choked up, and then that just got me, and I, I just want to give Michelle Yeoh the biggest hug. <laughs> I know it's like I recently watched Tar and I think Kate Blanchett is it's one of her best performances ever. Yeah. But it's it still goes to Michelle like there is nothing that she doesn't do in this movie like everything that I just described like the action and the comedy and like the talking through tears and uh, it's such a journey and you feel like you're right there with her. Yeah. Yeah. I really I, I mean was just so invested in her and just the whole concept of like this middle-aged Chinese woman who runs a laundromat with her husband and like is just trying to like you know find a little a little you know bit of happiness and all of this like in that outfit I mean like the idea that she it's up to this woman Evelyn to save multiple universes I was like this is just so beautiful and so cool and I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for us. I'm so happy for this movie. <laughs> just, I know uh. it's 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 just so much joy. Yeah, is really, like um, the best way to describe it. I always uh, consistently every time that I watch this movie, just completely weep whenever she finally stabs Waymond and mm. like just like his whole sort of speech about like. I don't know what the heck is going on, but I can't help to feel that it's all my faults and that we have to be kind. And like he is, he truly is I am like the heart of season 10. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> but he is the heart of the movie. Yeah. Like there is no question. I think he is such a lovable goofball. And I had my eye on him a little more this time around than I did before. Um, and Oh God, I just, I'm so excited he's going to win that Oscar and it's so deserved. I think he's one of the coolest, like dorkiest, funniest, most sincere movie dads of all time. Oh, I mean, like, dare we say queen Kiki Kwan, you know? Yes. Oh, uh, cause I, I just, gentle language. Hey, gentle language. Yeah, the way he says it. Oh, so he is such a sweetheart. Like I love even in the beginning when like when Becky comes over for dinner, he's like, oh hey Becky, and everyone's like, oh I only cook for three, and I just yeah, he's just such a a sweetheart, and I and I love that the whole the whole idea of Wayman beyond like Alpha Wayman and like all like which is you know a whole other level, but that in this universe like. The whole narrative of Wayman is that he he succeeds not by fighting, but by like connecting and like by yes. And it's just it's so it's so beautiful that like ultimately, I don't yeah he's he is the heart of all of this, and I, and I I just love seeing Evelyn fall in love with him again, and but also like when when he when she discovers that those are divorce papers he gave her like. I mean, that's a face journey. I mean, I'm just like so invested in mm. Evelyn and Wayman's relationship. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I love that within all of this, it, it's also a, such a deep love story between Wayman and Evelyn through multiple universes, you know? Yeah, he's doing just as much, not just as much, but like more heavy lifting than I remember the last time, I, the last two times I saw this too, because he's also traveling between different universes and has to switch like within the same scene too. And like, 
I think he's so sexy in those glasses too. Like huh. the way that he gives her a little bit of a wink too, whenever he like beats the shit out of those security guards with the fanny pack. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, swooning. Yeah. And then of course, you know, when she's movie star Evelyn Wang uh, and, you know, oh, they meet again. At the top of the stairs. Oh my. I mean, that. I feel like because they like they they have like clips of her at like the Crazy Rich Asians premiere and whatnot. There's something yes. that was so beautiful of like, oh my God, you're Michelle Yeoh in that universe, you know? Yes, <laughs> it's so perfectly meta and like it, it just like all fits. Yeah, and I just I love that universe. I love the two of them talking in the alley. Um, and it's like I read it in the trivia, but I can definitely see it. it the those scenes are all kind of designed. Uh, it's very similar to a movie by director Wong Kar Wai called In the Mood for Love, uh, which is uh, there may be an element of that that may be a potential assignment for you um, not to watch the whole movie. Don't worry. Sure. But it's uh, the the main theme from that that movie, like the score is like unbelievable. And it's a it's a beautiful movie. And I, I just love that 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 shows up as an influence as well. So. Um, nice. Yeah, and and I mean, all of it, all of this this talk, and and there's two BSAs. I mean, two. There's really three, and there's really eight hundred. There's there's Becky, there's, and she there's a moment. Oh, that moment gets. Oh, that moment. <laughs> it's so sweet. That and moment. I always tear up a little bit. Oh, the first time I saw it, I I feel like that made me cry the most. That we'll we'll save that moment, but yes, that moment. Yes. I'm so glad you're mentioning that moment. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Um, and it's so. Oh, it's very reminiscent from a, of a moment from The Office that I don't think you've seen yet. But okay, uh, that'll be an exciting Easter egg. So, um, but yeah, within all of this, not only is uh, you know, uh, Kui and Kihi Kwan nominated and will certainly win Best Supporting Actor. But we've got Stephanie Shu as I love Michelle. I love Evelyn saying, I just need to get my joy back, you know, playing I know. that. I don't know why oh, that line, that line just like, I know it's so obvious, but like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes of the movie when she says it, I just like clutched my pearls. Yes. But we've got joy and then we've got Deidre Bubidra. <laughs> I screamed when I read that today because I never looked at her last name on IMDb. Yeah, me neither. It <laughs> just makes it even more crazy. And in fact, that it's it's our Jamie. It's our potential it's our BSA Jamie of the year, our Jamie Lee. She, I just that first scene of hers at the IR, you know, at the IRS. I was just like, Jamie, you fucking queen. You fucking queen. Look at you. She's so proud of those trophies. Yes. You see these? Yeah. I mean, and the, and the outfit and just the body language and just like, it's such a like, almost like a Wes Anderson kind of character, you know? Yes. But there's one in every office. Yes. There is a Deidre in every, like the veteran that's been there, tough as nails, seen a lot of shit, has her protein shake at every day at like 10.30 a.m., mm -hmm. you know, nothing interrupts it. She drank it during this this meeting and then like crunches it. I love it. And and it was apparently like, and I saw the photo, but it's based on, it's she's styled after a real IRS worker. Oh, no That way. was like if somebody did like a photo shoot or something. We'll have to post it on Instagram. I'll send it to you. But like when you see the real woman, actually, you know what? I may have saved it on my phone. Let's see if I, if I did, I'll send it to you now just so you can see it but i just i loved like to your point that there's one in every office i did not save it so i'll send it to you later but it was like this is real like deirdre is 
she's such a caricature, but she's also not. I worked with a woman once who was very similar to Deirdre, and I loved her. Oh, yeah. It's like this is she's such a BSA in the wild, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the kind of woman where I'm like, uh, just crack a smile. Come on. how? Let's connect. Come on. Yeah. You know? I want her approval, but I also want to make her smile. But I also don't want to know anything about her because no. you don't really ask her. I feel like she's the type of woman where you don't ask how, how are you? No, that's a, that's a rabbit You're hole. You're going to be there all day. Yeah. 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 Like I don't want to see what her home looks like, you know? Yeah. No, no. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a real, I, I think, you know, to say it up front, I, I think that it's, it's really hard to beat Angela Bassett for best supporting actress. Yeah. Because, because there's just, there's, it's, it, that mine, you know, it, it there's, there, oh my God. Like there's just yeah. like that woman won an Oscar for one word, but I just, I'm so proud of Jamie Lee. I'm so glad she won the SAG. I'm so glad that she's got to be a part of the Oscars, you know, uh, world. And part of me feels like she'll be just as happy if just Michelle Yeoh wins, you know? Yeah, I, f- I feel if it wins Best Picture, that'll be even better, too. Yep. But, like, can you imagine? Like, if she does win, I, I, I'll, I like, jump out of my seat. Oh, I would love God. to just have a camera on you during that category, just in case. Oh, you know? my God. We, we should do that. We should film ourselves watching that category. I know, because, <laughs> like, Marco, get the tripod out. Yes. Okay? Oh, my God. Yeah, here, hold my phone. It's. Yeah. It, I'm so, it, like, I'm, some people might be listening to this after the Oscars have happened, but, like, I'm just so happy that, like, we've had some dud BSA years, you know, where we just, like, yeah, didn't ever have since a... we started, it's been fine. It's been fine. You know, it's like we've got Laura Dern and um, Ariana DeBose last year was great, too. So it's it's also, you know. But, like, that real sense of, like, I don't know who it's going to be. And, like, it, we don't know. We don't know. And, and, like, I've got mo- like got two horses in the in the race, you know. And, you know, and so it's and, – and we've talked about this before. It's, like, I – no matter what, I'm going to be excited and heartbroken, you know? I know. I know. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, you know, I, I don't think there is necessarily a need to do a, a synopsis of everything ever all at once. I think if you have not seen this it's movie, impossible. Yeah. like it is, what I love about it is that it basically all takes place in an IRS office. It does. You really don't leave. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the jumps to the other universe are are kind of brief, but like I remember the first time seeing this, I was like, "Oh, we're really not leaving this office." Like until like the last act when we go back to the laundromat. Yeah, and it just—I mean, speaking of a movie that's two and a half hours long, that just flies because mm-hmm. everything is so action packed, and you're you're invested almost immediately. You know, because things start almost immediately too, out of nowhere. Especially once, like, you know, they're in the elevator and Wayman opens the umbrella. I remember watching this time and I was like, oh, okay, we're, I, we're, I don't, already, here. we're already here. This is already happening. And and it was so, it was just, like, so exciting to see, like, Alpha Wayman show up. I know, with that umbrella. He's just so sure of himself, you know. And But it's like, I, I don't think I'd, as much as I would swoon for Alpha Wayman, I want regular Wayman, too. I, I just... Especially when he just like cleans up the glass from the window. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And like when they hug, I, I can't Ugh. during that scene. It is just the way he drops too the, beautiful. The, the 
the dustpan and it's just I love like there's something about like a nuanced hug, you know? Yes. What it did, meant so much. What did we watch where there was Oh, it was it was Wakanda Forever when uh Shuri comes back from wherever and, and the Queen uh you know, they're on that little that little like spaceship or whatever they're on that plane and the queen is like hugging her and like she's like moving her hands around her back just kind of readjusting to i don't know experience new levels of hug you know yeah it's like when a dog i always i picture like um you know when soldiers come home from being deployed and the dog is so excited and jumping it's almost like they they're trying to get inside of them Mm -hmm. because like a a hug isn't enough right right and like the levels of realization i love that when it's like the dog's excited and then this dog starts crying it's like oh my god it's processing it's processing so beautiful (laughs) it's so beautiful oh god um I I mean I'm I'm so I'm like where do I even begin with this movie? I just like I, I one thing I definitely want to say is and maybe some people this past year have already done it but the Halloween costumes that this movie provides between oh, God, Wayman, yes. Evelyn, Deirdre, I mean any version of Joy uh but especially the th- the the three of them I was like oh my god like these Especially Evelyn, I just wearing like those those like slacks and that like floral shirt and that vest, like it's just yes, the vest. It's such an I I also love that. I was like this. This is what this woman is dressed like, saving the universe. Yeah. Oh God, it it, it truly is. Like I need a drag queen to do like dresses Deirdre, but do like I don't know like nine to five or mm-hmm. like she works hard for the money, but have like interspersed lines of like what she says. Oh God. Yes. That is, that's an interesting idea is what would be in everything everywhere all at once lip sync. Oh no. Oh my God. But certainly, so I mean, you know, maybe for a drag King Wayman's monologue about like, you know, yeah, somehow I feel like this must all be my fault. Like there must be another way. It's just, Oh, Wayman. I know. And jumping back to Jamie Lee for a second, because this is something that I caught this time around. And I don't know if this will land on you, but it is a Star Wars reference. But when Jamie Lee or Deirdre um, uh, staples her forehead, there is a scream that she makes that sounds exactly like R2-D2. Oh. When he gets overstimulated. And it is so funny. She does it twice. Once when she staples her forehead and then... Another time, I think, like, right when, like, right before, when she's, like, jumping down the flight of stairs to, like, um, like, knee Evelyn in the mm-hmm. face and it's slow motion, there's another scream. And listeners, if you know, you know, I just had to say it out loud because it really tickled me. I, I mean, I remember the scream. I did not realize that was a, that was a reference, but... <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so much like R two D two. So I, I'll, I'll send you, if I could find like both of them, you know, I'll, I'll send you, you know, you could just pull up the movie on Plex and just, right. and then I'll show you the, I'll show you the sound too. It's, it's pretty funny. Oh well, and and you know what I, what I love about Jamie Lee in this is not only is she Deirdre Bobidra, but then she's also like Evelyn's lover in the Hot Dog Fingers world, and that story just like my heart just swells like that. It's just such a beautiful love story with hot dog fingers. Oh, I know. And it's so melodramatic. And just like, she's like, I just don't know what I did to you. Yeah. And then like she leaves and comes back and they play, she plays piano with her toes. Right. <laughs> it's, I will say too the, I don't know who the actress was, but the actor 
in like the you know like when they're watching the TV and it, it almost looks like the King and I it's some sort of romance mm-hmm. he um was I, I, maybe we talked about this before, but he was the Fabrizio in Light in the Piazza. Well, yeah, because his name, Aaron yes. Lazar. Lazar, It was yeah. like, oh, why does his name sound familiar? Yeah. But that makes sense. Um, yes. So I was excited for that. Yeah, I was like, oh, and, and I think I read, like, they were originally, they wanted, like, Daniel Radcliffe for maybe that role. That's so weird. Yeah. and then He's so tiny. I know. I was like, oh, it's like the, the you know, the prince and I, you know? Yeah. Um, um I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then the the actress, her name was Sunita Mani, but I don't know her. So yeah, I don't know her either. Yeah. One other thing about Jamie Lee that just I I just feel like it's such a a moment that you would latch on to as well. But right at the very end, where <laughs> Deidre is teaching Evelyn how to vape, oh. she's like, "It's just like being twelve. I feel or like so. a fourteen again. Yeah, yeah." And then uh, Evelyn coughs and she points at her and she says, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I I love it's that moment. So funny. Uh, well, that that I mean, you know, that moment towards the end. That scene. Yeah, yeah, when they're sitting outside, like I could watch a whole play of just two women sitting outside a laundromat talking and vaping. You know. Yeah, I really feel like that scene rounds out Deidre and and really kind of puts her into that category of like consideration for best supporting actress because she's such a weirdo but like a a convincing weirdo like you know exactly who this woman is so to see her sort of acquiesce after like uh wayman tells her what's going on that like you know i just gave her divorce papers and that's why she acted like this and for her to just be like all right i'll give you another week is just so nice to see yeah like I, I think we by at that point we like we crave that humanity from Deirdre like that that whole feeling yeah. of I just want her approval I want her to like me is like I just want her to to warm up and and so I like the detail of like I drove my Kia into somebody's house I mean it's just like <laughs> into my neighbor's, into my neighbor's kitchen ki- oh yeah into my neighbor's kitchen and and she, she has that like affect in her voice too like only comes out every once in a right. while but I love it it's like this New York or Boston thing yeah oh. so that feels so familiar I'm like god I know you oh Oh God, I know you. Um, but it's like that. I don't know. I'm I. I love that we get. It, what's interesting? We get so much. We get so many universes and so many stories. And I, I want more of all of them. You know what I mean? It's like I, I kind of love that we're kind of left wanting more. Kind of perfect. Like you know what we always talk about with BSAs, where like it leaves you wanting more. Um, where it's like, yeah, I want to know more about the hot dog fingers world. I want to even know more about when Evelyn is a chef, you know? And yeah, um, I love the idea that, you know, in one universe, her family makes fun of her for calling it Rakakuni. But then in another universe, we understand why she calls it that because she's thinking of an actual coworker with a raccoon on his head. I know it's like, the, like, gosh, that like the threads that connect this all together are so cool to catch on like a second or third or fourth watch you because you kind of need it yeah and and i think the thing that like i didn't fully appreciate like uh the first time i watched it and like really loved this time was like these are not alternate like they're not alternate realities or past lives these are concurrent universes like yes the idea that that she is at the movie premiere and she's having a hot dog finger relationship and she's at the irs like all of those are happening at the same time it's not a what if it's like no this is a, a different reality that is as valid as the one where you work at a laundromat yeah it's 
that's the cool like it's so fun to think about and even like Wayman like because she tells I love the line where she's like um let me speak to my husband I want to tell him how great my life would be without him like yeah. that's such a funny line yeah too. but uh, you know that if they were not if she would have stayed in China and you know she became the successful like action movie star and he did go to America and he was successful so like you don't have to like pity him because you never really know you don't know what that could have looked like I guess well yeah right it's it's like that idea of them not being together doesn't necessarily mean a sad end for Wayman you know it's like yeah obviously like yeah he is very successful and and so it's so beautiful in the end when he's like I I would be happy doing taxes and laundry with you, you know, <sighs> like it's so it's so romantic, you know. We know ex I know exactly what that means, you know. Exactly, it's like just I would love to stay in, you know, or like put on my jammies and order some Chinese food, you know. Right, like that's right, and I think that that is a really like it's such a lovely sentiment. It's such a not romantic sentiment, but it's actually so romantic. It's like. To me, the idea of like doing laundry with someone or like going to the grocery store together. Oh, I mean, unless they shop differently than I do, then get 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 out, get out, get out, <laughs> get in the car. But like the idea of doing mundane things together, it, it like that to me is more romantic than like the you know the getaway to Fiji, you know? Yeah, it's like expensive vacations or even like expensive like weddings, like these like. And if you can afford it, go for it. Like, everyone has their right to, like, the wedding of their dreams, too. But, like, I don't know if, like, at the end of someone's life, like, of course, they'd probably think about their wedding day. But, like, there are so many other little moments that, like, that are, that seem so, that are just feel, they feel more important. Like, even just, like, going back to TikTok, um, like, just Keon and I, like, laying in bed laughing at TikToks before bed mm -hmm. is, like, one of the best parts of my day. And I look forward to it. And that's, like, you know, and maybe that's why I'm, my, uh, like, obsession with TikTok will never end because then what will we do at night? Right. But, you know, or even just, like, laying on the couch and talking. It it really doesn't have to be. And also, like, Valentine's Day. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can just be like going to McDonald's and sitting in the parking lot, you know, and right. having a uh, shamrock shake or something, you know? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, when when you do the big romantic thing, there's there is pressure and expectation and there's a sense of like, you know, I mean, listen, I'm watching season three of Vanderpump Rules and Sheena Shea had a, a tumultuous wedding. Oh, because she God. had a lot of like, you know, we're supposed to come in 26 yes. seconds into the song. And if not, then our dance moves. I was like, what dance moves are not going to make sense. And it was like, you're putting so much pressure on this and you're not having any fun. But like the idea of sitting in the McDonald's parking lot, like, you know, maybe not sharing fries. We each get our own, but like having yeah. fries together, there's no pressure. It's just easy. There's like it. So all it can. So it doesn't have to be about did the right song play? Was the, you know, was there enough sangria? Did I get to throw my bouquet? All that shit. It's just like, no, like I still feel a deep sense of connection sitting in a parking lot. Yeah. You don't need it. No. And I, I just think that was so like the moral of all of this was that ultimately it was in this incredibly mundane universe where like, this is where Evelyn's life was. And like, she had such so many glimpses into other lives where she was stronger and more successful and, and smarter and more powerful or whatever. But like the, the things that like, I don't know, like that idea of like, but 
where is my joy? Where's my Wayman? You know, they're at the laundromat. Yeah. Even when um, Alpha Wayman says, like, you're capable of anything because you're so bad at everything. Right. And and she's like, I cannot be the worst. What about that hot dog one? <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but it is like she's so simple and just like kind of bad at stuff and a mess. Yeah. A mess. Which makes it so gratifying when she's then successful and like when she does figure it out and like uh, when it gets to the point you know where like you know the the fight up the stairs i remember the first time i watched this i was like oh i I think i'm done with fight scenes and i was so happy that it was like oh this is not about this is not about violence anymore this is about like you know making these like you know it's connecting in a different way you know and and the idea that like what if I could help you find the joy that you're looking for? You know, while I look for, for the joy, I'm literally the joy I'm looking for, you know? Oh my God, I know. Just the, the line, like, I'm learning to fight like you. And she looks at Waymond and <sighs> it's just, uh, the, I mean, I feel <sighs> like the like the stock and googly eyes went up like a thousand percent after this movie. Oh, the joy of googly eyes. Like when the googly eyes like hit, Gong on the rock. Oh, and on the rock and on Gong Gong and like the googly eyes. It's such a, a what a wonderful little device the googly eyes and that Wayman that he does it. He's like, oh, I think the laundry is happier over here. <laughs> I know. Oh God, he is just. Uh, he's the joy. He really the joy is of this movie. I there was something about when you said yeah, speaking of the stair fight too, and I I just love that sort of. The idea of we were talking about like Evelyn coming into her own, and I feel like it's such a narrative with like immigrant parents and like the, the like the sons and daughters of immigrant parents of like the hold that they have on them as you know as as parents, and that she's finally able to say like it's okay that you're not proud of me because I finally am, and to have that paired with that sort of like rock'em sock'em robot moment where like mm-hmm. Gong lets go of her in order for her to like go save joy too it's just it's so beautiful yeah there's that whole like generational thing that like it's and that i i do i think is there is also that the sort of this the sense of like tradition like especially for like chinese immigrants of like you know th- there is i mean i i remember a friend of mine in college like she uh i, I guess was like she i guess she'd be considered first generation that she was she and her sister were born here in the states but her parents had immigrated they didn't even they didn't speak much English like they lived in a very Chinese part of of Queens and Howard Beach and like were very traditional and I I thought of her a lot watching this because I I felt like I really learned a lot about a, a lot of what they talked about in this movie a lot of just kind of you know it's a it's an interesting way of showing love and like for example like saying you're getting fat as a representation of like oh she cares you know and I just I love that that was threaded through this that them being Chinese actually is part of this and, and does add a different a different layer to this that's not just a mother and her daughter, but it's like a mother and her daughter and the like cultural expectations and like when do you break this cycle of like disappointment, you know? Yeah, even at whatever age that Evelyn is too, it's like I feel like there's such freedom in her saying that in such an eloquent way too. That to kind that kind of disarms Gong Gong in the moment too. Yeah. Um. 
And I also feel, and for some reason, maybe I talked about this with Keon too, and maybe this is a good time to talk about Becky. Oh, yeah. But at the very end, when she says, when Becky drops them off at the tax office for their second, you know, their final meeting or whatever, um, she says, Becky, you need to grow your hair. And it feels like such a, like, um, you're a part of the family if she's insulting you. You yeah, know what I mean? that's exactly it, what I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. And I feel like it's such a detail that, like, is needed and, and and that's all that we needed to see you know mm-hmm. that she's like you need to grow your hair but that's it's like again too even like with Keon's family too like it is permissible to tell someone that you're getting fat mm-hmm. and it's and it's so not in you know it, but like you shouldn't be commenting on anyone's bodies but like different cultures have different ways of kind of navigating that I guess too because it, it does show in, a, in some like way that they do care about you yeah it, it, it's it's just a cultural difference of but like it represents like i'm paying attention to you and like i'm concerned yeah. about you and it's just it i i also love that that doesn't change for evelyn that she still does that at the end and yet like there's just an understanding that like okay you're in you're good yep you know uh, and you know, and all, and certainly, I want to talk about the Becky moment, but I, I just want to mention that, like, the the narrative of joy and the narrative of like this, uh, this this girl who is just like suffering from depression, and and how much I understood the idea of like, I I just put everything on a bagel. I got bored one day and put everything on a bagel and I just thought maybe I could just disappear into this fucking bagel. <laughs> you know, like how many times right. have I tried to disappear into a fucking bagel? <laughs> I know that line. If nothing matters, then all the pain and guilt you feel of making nothing with your life just goes away. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, I just think it's, they nail it. Like they know like that emptiness, that feeling of just like, and it's also like, I guess in, in Joy's case too, it's like this freeing sort of mindset too that like nothing matters. So like, what the fuck, you know? Like she's the most powerful being in every single universe, but it doesn't even matter. Like it, you you have everything that you could like, I guess, quote unquote, ever want or need to know about the universe. And it's just, it's she's also just stuck in this wheel of not knowing where to settle i guess because she feels everything right right and and feels the meaninglessness of everything because yeah, i mean most of all there is also like when you i mean i feel like there was that there was that you know neil degrasse tyson documentary that everyone's seen that clip of like the the infinite number of universes have you seen that little clip no. Oh, it will give you the biggest existential crisis. I'll send it to you. <laughs> You'll love it. Yeah. But it basically is just like illustrating just how how much we don't exist because like we are in one universe that is in like a a web of just infinite universes. You know what I mean? Like and and there's no way of of really knowing, but like the idea that that we really are so insignificant and all of our pain all of our success all of our joy is in the largest scale insignificant and i feel like that's what joy as this what is it jabu tabaki Jabu tabaki. Yeah. yeah i feel like that's what she has the awareness of is like this is nothing like the universe where joy wants her mother to accept becky is nothing and so like i i I get. I think that that also really ties into depression, where like you can get to that point of almost nihilism, where you're like, "Fuck it, fuck the world. Nothing matters. There's nothing to be happy or sad about." You know? 
yeah, not and nothing can really like the motivation to do your job or visit your friends or your family or even just get up and shower or two. It like the most basic functions are who cares? Who cares? You know, well, there may be multiple universes where we're only in this narrative. And so we I think that's the other side of it is like, but we still like th that idea that like, okay, that we may be one tiny speck in an infinite number of universes, but like the bills still got to get paid, you know? Yeah. It's still our speck. It's still our yeah. speck. It's still our speck. And so I think when the movie then like comes back to this incredibly mundane reality where there, I mean, I would come to that Chinese new year celebration in a second. Oh, I saw some good looking buns on a table. I was like, <laughs> what's in them? <laughs> I know, and it's not to sidetrack because I, I was, uh, you know, we'll get the. Oh yeah, we get. But I, I'm, I agree with it, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised because I just feel like Jenny Slate's character would not show up. But yeah. I'm so glad that she did. Right. Oh yeah. I, I, I like forgot Jenny Slate was in this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love it. It's such an interesting cameo and such a great little fight scene with that dog. Oh, I, and I love how like obviously fake the dog is. Like it just yeah. made me feel it better. Has to be, yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently, I mean, you know, there's a lot of like cut scenes from this, but apparently there was uh, there was a really meaningful moment between Evelyn and Debbie in the movie, I guess, on the stairs that I think they released. I think it's on YouTube. But um, but I love that. They're like, oh, my God, like that's so exciting to me that Debbie and Evelyn would have like a meaningful moment, you know? Yeah, I think it's everyone kind of gets their moment. Yeah. Including Becky, played by Tali Medell. Uh, who so at the you know towards the end you know Evelyn uh, she you know basically has that moment with Gong Gong where it's like you know oh that beautiful line about how she I have it written down here about um, basically saying like she says like I was always afraid that she would end up like me and I tried you know I'm summarizing now but like that she, I was hoping she wouldn't, but, you know, just like me, the universe gave her someone kind, patient, and forgiving to make up for all that she lacks. And I think that is just such a... And then I'm just crying mm -hmm. again as, like, Wayman's peeking over Gong Gong's shoulder and just nodding. But, you know, she's talking about Becky in this case, and then I'm like, take it over. Oh, so, you know, so she says, and this is, and, and this is Becky, Joy's girlfriend, you know. Her girlfriend. And then, you know, uh, I guess, you know, uh, Evelyn, I don't know, goes to, you know, talk to uh, Deirdre. You know, Evelyn leaves the, 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 the moment and then Becky's left alone with Gong Gong. And I think he, like he takes her hand. I think he's holding her hand when he says it. And he says yep. and he says in Chinese girlfriend. And she almost like it's almost like she's looking at Wayman or somebody else to the side. And, yep. and she it's says, Wayman, yeah. yeah, what did he say? And I just, I have chills just thinking about it. It is such a gorgeous moment. I know because it's a laugh, laughing through tears moment. Yeah. Which are, which is my favorite emotion. That's what Dolly says. Um, so the <laughs> end of season three of The Office has a very similar moment. And I, it's one of my favorite moments in all of television. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Oh, is it the art show? No, no, it's not the art show. It's, I thought that was in season three. Okay. It might be. It, that might also. That is in season three. But it's. Uh, maybe you've seen it. But it's. Um, it's Pam giving like a interview in the in the conference room, and she's oh yes. talking about Jim and the date, the date, yeah. and then she that like, is top three moments. Yeah, and if not the best, and that moment of like looking at the camera with tears <gasps> in her eyes. Oh. Sorry, what was the question? 
I, and then she like kind of bites her lower yeah. lip, like the smile. Oh God. I damn. remember the first time I saw that back in like 2006 I, and I was like, what? <laughs> like Jenna Fisher. Jenna yeah. Fisher. You know, I've forgiven her for office ladies. I love her again. <laughs> <laughs> I just love her. I just love her. <laughs> oh, but office ladies was terrible. That podcast. I was like, I didn't even listen. to. Oh, it, it just, it just wasn't what I wanted. But yeah, uh, I having, you know, rewatched a bit of the office. It's like, you know, Pam is Pam is my queen. She loves her yogurt. She loves her mixed berry yogurt. Yeah. Yes, yes. I also love that in this movie, you know, and I really have to put a, a compilation together at this point, but we get once again someone saying, I am your mother. Oh, I know. I wrote it in all caps. Oh, but I, I just, I love that when, when she's trying to keep, you know, uh, joy from getting sucked into the bagel. And I, there's something about that statement. Like, have you seen, because if not, this might be also an assignment. Okay. It's one of my favorite I Am Your Mother moments. But did you see season two of Broadchurch? Yes, of course. Oh, so you know that scene where she like yells at her son in the courtroom? Oh, yes. Ugh. Sit down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ugh. And then she, uh, that, oh, that scene. I could do a whole episode just on that like minute and 10 seconds of Olivia yes, Coleman. Please, please. <laughs> oh, my God. I am your mother. Do you understand? And then he goes, yes. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is, oh, that woman. <laughs> I know. Uh, I feel like, I don't know why I am i haven't watched that movie Empire of Light yet, but I. I yeah, right? it's probably great. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, right? It's like, what am I resisting? Olivia Coleman acting? Like, yeah. What's not to love? God there? forbid. Yeah. Ugh, Olivia Coleman in everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, my God. Let's just say that. Like that would be crazy. God bless Jamie Lee Curtis, but like Olivia Coleman as Deirdre Bobirdra. <laughs> Olivia Coleman as anybody as Wayman. I don't care. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Ugh. But oh my god, I just love this movie. I just, I, I just love it. I just am so happy that this movie exists and that people also love it and i want kihi kwan's career to take off i want michelle yo to get more great roles like i want this to be good for them you know yeah i feel like this is just the beginning for stephanie shu who we never who we didn't really dive into yet mm. and i feel like this is such a fun role to play because you get i mean first of all the costumes and like just the freedom like it's almost like that permission to do whatever you want because of the character that's written in addition to like all the cool shit you get to wear and just like walk down a hallway like walking a pig in cowboy boots mm -hmm. like it is i love that where she's like she's like joy why do you look so stupid <laughs> um it's so funny um it's, it's like it's just something, of course, Evelyn would say in like any universe, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's like, it's such a, I'm so glad she was nominated too, because I feel like there was, you know, she was sort of at risk of not being nominated too, but she is, it's such a hard role to pull off because she has to play. And I don't know like how old she is, you know, is she in high school I don't know, but she has like sleeveys, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I do feel like there is that like certain amount, like, but you feel for her, especially like as a queer person, like just like that dynamic between like your parents who just kind of don't really acknowledge or fully accept your queerness in a way that is so relatable, but also 
I mean, the scene at the end too, when like the parking lot mm. scene is where Stephanie Shu wins it. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's such a great scene for Michelle Yeoh too. Like, I, I just love that they're and just like Wayman looking on from the distance. It's just like, oh, I love that all three of you are in this scene. Oh, I, yeah, that that parking lot scene is. I mean, and it's just so interesting to kind of see this crazy, you know, uh, Joe Butupaki, you know, version of Joy being like, just let me go. And 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 again, that, that through line of in so many of these universes, Joy is like, just let me go. And then in this mundane universe where she's like, I just think we need to just part ways. You just need to let me go. Like, it's just going to be better that way. Like, I, it's just so interesting to see almost like this incredibly dramatic or like over the top version of this like uh, inner, you know, broken, you know, almost broken family kind of narrative. And, yeah. and it's like this, you know, that kind of conversation could be happening. I mean, in, in so many families where it's like, you know what, I realize I'm your daughter or I'm your son or whatever, but like we, if this isn't working anymore, you know? Yes. Yeah. And it's an unexpected villain storyline too, because you really don't think that it could ever be her. So it is, there's a lot of texture there with just what she has to navigate, how she has to do it. But a lot of it is just, it feels like there's not as much meat there, even though she's such a huge part of the story. Does that make sense? I felt the same way. I felt like she's her her makeup and her and her costumes and like what she, the the role that she plays in the her story. Swagger, yeah, yeah, like all of that is so like is so cool. But it it doesn't other than that, you know, that parking lot scene. And I, and I feel like there was that one shot of her like earlier in the movie in the car driving away, and she just oh yeah looked devastated. And it, it's. I think it's the kind of role where if I didn't know she was nominated, I don't know if I would have expected it, you know? Sure. Yes. But like, I think, you know, we've talked about in the past too, how movies just, it's like riding that wave, but I don't think she's riding that wave. I think she's worked really hard to, to everyone's working hard in this movie, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad she got in. I think this is such a cool thing for her and her career and i'm excited i want to see her do something comedic because i feel like she is such a she was a guest on las culturistas and she was really i don't know if you listened to that episode too Mm. but like she is such a cerebral person that i think like matt and bowen were saying like when they found out that she got this that it's the most like stephanie shu movie that could ever possibly be written for her so it made me appreciate the movie more and the fact that like it was her that was chosen for this role well, I wonder how it compares to her 13 episodes of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, my God. So I wonder if she's a comedian in that. Uh, I would love it. Yeah. Okay. But, it, you know, wow. it, it is, to your point, it is really interesting how, like, she is relatively early in her career. And I think that's that's one of the things that's so cool about this is when you think about the cast, it's like Michelle Yeoh, who has been around for so long, had a huge career also in Korea, like, just, but was never being given these kind of roles. And, like... So it's like someone we're familiar with, but like we're seeing so much more of her than we've ever been given the chance to see before. Ki Kwan, who left Hollywood, who there were no roles, you know, meaningful roles for him. Someone who was like, oh, would have been an old child star. And like now he's going to win an Oscar. And Jamie Lee Curtis, who has been in Hollywood since the 70s, you know, and like has has been in shit movies, has been in good movies, but has just kind of stuck with it. James Hong's been in a thousand things. You know, it's, oh my gosh. It's such a like, what a cool mix of like old and new and forgotten Hollywood in this movie. Yeah. I, 
I, I'm imagining if you're listening to this episode, folks, that you probably have seen the movie because there, you know, there aren't really, there isn't anything to spoil technically, I guess, but I, I encourage everyone to go see it. I just find it somewhere and just watch it because I don't think anyone, I mean, there certainly are haters out there, but um, I think if you just buckle up and enjoy it or just are open to enjoying it, that you'll find that it's, it's such a fun experience. Yeah, it really, and and I really think you should uh, watch Eternal Sunshine because I think, it, yeah, it, it's doing something in a different way, but about like relationships and about the you know th- there's and it's got that like it's got that feeling. I think it's like from two thousand. She's got that red hair. Oh yeah, and like just the I think like Kirsten Dunst is in it as well. Um, what when what year did that come out? Eternal oh two thousand four. It does. It has such an early two thousands feeling. Um. In a, in the way that everything, every all at once has a very twenty twenties feeling. I don't. I can't describe it. I just. It's like, oh yeah, this is very twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think that that makes sense yeah. for sure. Um. Oh, I'm looking at the cast of uh, Eternal Sunshine. Oh, Jane Adams is, is in it. We love Jane Adams. We love a Jane. We love a Jane. Elijah Woods in it. Tom Wilkinson. I love him. <gasps> Whoa. He's great in this. I forgot about that. So, um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, I and I, I kind of want to watch it again as well because there's a part of me that sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I don't like Kate Winslet and things. Is that interesting? Like sometimes I feel like, okay, here's a real thing. Sometimes, sometimes I think, Sometimes I think Tony Collette could have a better line reading. <gasps> I know. Okay. I know. There's. Okay. I, 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 I feel like I'm coming for for you know uh, coming for, for these the ladies. ladies. I'm coming for these ladies that we love. Because listen, Mayor of East Town is untouchable, and yes, Kate agreed, can do whatever agreed. she wants because of Mayor of East Town. But like, I like what was that movie? Uh, Revolutionary Road. Oh God. I, yeah. I I thought she wasn't very good in it. I saw it once, and it, I feel like I don't really remember much. I just remember Leonardo DiCaprio like screaming at her. Yes, but. there's a lot of that. Yeah, um, but I think she's lovely in a rom com. I love her in The Holiday. It's one of my favorite roles of hers. Like I think she is. She reminds me of like that sort of like in real life. I guess that sort of like Emma Thompson humor. Mm-hmm. Like to see the two of them together, um, and of which course- I guess they were in Sense and Sensibility, right? Oh, or was she? She wrote it. She did the screenplay. Emma Thompson and she, Kate starred in it. Was she in it as well? Why do I feel like she was? I don't know if she was in. Yeah. In my mind, she was, but probably wasn't. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I'm gonna find out. Uh, and you know what? I've never seen the holiday. Oh wait, I thought we did that together. No, we've never done the holiday. We didn't. No, we've never done the holiday. We've, ba- we've barely talked about it. Wait, wait. Now I'm like in another universe yeah, because yeah. I feel like there was, a, did I assign it to you? No, I would have remembered. I mean, I know like three things about it, but no, I think we've only briefly talked about it, but we've never done it. I'm like wigging out over here. What? Yeah. So if you were to ask me, there's like no question that we've done it in my mind. So I, I got to just process that for a moment, but she's because Cameron Diaz is. Yeah. And it's one of her better roles. And Jack Black is charming as fuck. And oh, my gosh. um, What's his face? (laughs) I'm like uh, English actor. Jude Law. Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, I just answer your question. Emma Thompson is in Sense and Sensibility. Okay. So is Tom Wilkinson. Oh, my. He's everywhere. 
Uh, uh, you let him get okay. away with everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're in everything. <laughs> yes. What is Tom Wilkinson in? Sissy's basic smashing a dish. Everything. Yes. Oh my god. Um. So no. He's in the bedroom. We've never done the holiday. Uh. So I mean, you know. Well, Christmas is you know, nine months away. Eight months away. Yeah, eight months something away. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. make it work. Um. Oh, Eli Wallach is in it. Oh my goodness! You should have told me. <laughs> Who's Eli Wallace? He's like an older actor. He's been around forever. He plays oh my Arthur. I, I seriously am I'm so gobsmacked that we did not do this because I talked... Maybe I watched it for the first time with Keon, and then I just... I think that's what happened. We probably watched it this past holiday season, and he really liked it, and we had like a conversation afterwards that probably felt like a podcast uh-huh. episode. We should have just recorded it. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm so excited for us to do that. Oh, yeah. Maybe a Christmas in July episode or something. Oh, that That would be be fun. fun. Oh, that's a fun idea. Maybe maybe there's a couple Christmas movies in July. That's kind of a fun idea. Because it takes place in like LA, so it's like warm Christmas. Right. And yeah. Oh, that's a fun idea. All right. Oh, great. Okay. The holiday. Well, I won't watch it till then. I'll save it for that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll save it. Um, Yeah. And Kate Winslet, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said anything. You're amazing. But just sometimes I've been like, oh, oh. I think that's a fun episode, though. Like maybe a best supporting after show episode of like our favorite ladies and our least prefavorite, least prefavorite, what am I saying? <laughs> least favorite performances yeah. of those ladies. Like even Meryl we can throw in there. Absolutely. You know? Meryl and like Ricky and the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. I, I think that would be fun. Like top five. Yes. Like ladies we love and roles that we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's and Ladies a... we love and roles that we hate. Yeah. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah. Because I would definitely say Tony Collette in that show Unbelievable on Netflix. God, I hated her in that. Oh no! I mean, I I didn't watch, but oh, it was so annoying. Ugh. <laughs> so anyway, um, ugh. everything everywhere all at once. I think it's gonna win Best Picture. I hope it does. Will this be the? This is a this is a trivia question. Will this be the first ever Best Picture nominee slash winner to feature dildos? Oh God! So many, dildos. so many dildos, plugs, dildos. Yeah, like the idea that she like fights two guys with trophies up their ass. Like it's so funny. I'm so proud that that would be our our 2023 Best Picture winner at the Oscars is the movie with the butt plugs. Yeah, I'll never forget that guy in slow motion, just like ass out. Oh God, ass first. Felt it right in my tailbone. You oh know? God, I know, but it's so funny. I remember seeing it in theaters, and everyone just screamed. Yeah, it's so funny. Oh, it, it, I love it. I'm just so, I'm so happy. And the the last thing I'll say, because I read this on the IMDb trivia, and I just love it, is that I guess one of the Daniels or the he was saying that like after the like the premiere of this movie, like one of the first people he ran into was like Jamie Lee Curtis, like backstage or whatever. And she was just bawling. And she was like, I finally understand the movie. And he said it was just such a meaningful moment that he got to celebrate, get to have that moment with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah. Can you imagine making this and like, yeah, not being Evelyn. Right. And like, just being like, all right, I guess I'll do this now. Staple my forehead and. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I, I love that. Like the, and, and that makes sense, right. That you wouldn't, you'd have no idea how this was all supposed to come together. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's cool. 
Oh, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee. I fucking love her. I just, <laughs> she is so, I'm so happy for everybody to get to experience more Jamie Lee. Yeah. She deserved all of the press. She deserved everything. <sighs> I just love her. <laughs> I just love I her. I just love me to see what, what does she have coming up? She's, she's got four, she has, she has four things in, in your upcoming credits on IMDb. Whoa. So, <clears throat> Including the haunted mansion, fun. Yeah, I bet you know. I bet she had a blast. Oh my god, I bet she made such good money in the haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Rosario Dawson and Winona Ryder. Oh, I bet she loved them. All right, yeah. I love that. Oh, and Dan Levy. Oh, I bet they got along like a house on fire. Oh my god. Oh, that's fun. Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito. All right, maybe we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, Halloween. The PSA haunted mansion. <laughs> Oh, well, now that we're talking about Haunted Mansion, I think that in this universe and probably every other universe, we are being played off. Uh, it happens. It happens. And you know what? I'm I'm at peace with that. Uh, well, uh, where can folks find more of you in this universe? If they can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find me on my other podcast, All Right, Mary, where we are uh, still, you know, going through season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's uh, it's quite the season. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore. And, of course, you can get more of both of us on Instagram in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And in this and every other universe, keep your alpha peepers peeled because the best supporting after show is is coming up next. And it's going to be great because I am I am fried like a piece of bologna in a in a hot pan after a long day at work. And I can't wait to just talk about Vanderpump rules. (laughs) Oh, my God. It is the moment. Now, come on on now. (laughs) And I'm so happy to be a part of it. Yes. More on, yeah, get over to Patreon, folks. Yeah, patreon.com slash BSA pod. Yeah. And that, as they say, is that.